Welcome to Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And you know, want to know something I'm feeling unambiguously good about? The Christmas wreath that I bought today. Oh, getting in the spirit. Yeah. I love Christmas wreaths. They're like Christmas trees because they smell good, but they don't take up floor space. Economical. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Good. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about... Have you put up your Christmas lights, Reed? No. Okay. Go ahead. I don't know where we even would. Windows. Eaves. Yes. Trees. You don't have a tree. All, all good places. <laughs> we should decorate our fiddle leaf fig. You should. That would be amazing. Uh, this, this week, we're going to be talking about the Amazon movie, The Report, with Adam Driver. Something I do feel ambiguous about. Ambiguous about it, huh? You you think it was a little stilted? Well, are we into it already? Or no, we got to give our recommendation first. So let's okay. say uh, our theme this week is going to be sort of Congress slash DC movie. And for me, it's it's got to be Burn After Reading. Oh, it's so funny. I've never seen it. I'm a big uh, Coen brother fan. Sure, sure. Me too. I love Coen Brothers too. Apparently not. You haven't seen Burn After Reading. No, I just feel like I wasn't watching R-rated movies at that point in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't either when I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow I got watched. All right. How about about you? Well, I mean, the one I thought of was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's a feel-good movie. And then that made me think of the Manchurian Candidate, which is actually legitimately the old one, the original. Such a good movie. Not the Denzel. The Denzel ones, it doesn't doesn't have, um, uh, what's her name? Oh my gosh, she's very famous. The most famous actress. The most famous actress? Yeah. Raquel Welch. That's who it has? No, I don't know. Rachel Weisz? No, what? She has so many Oscar nominations every year, it's assumed. I can't remember. Meryl Streep. Yeah, Meryl Streep. Isn't she in it? (laughs) I don't know. I can't remember that movie at all. Okay. But the first one's great. Very creepy. That's a good pick. Okay. Well, now let's do get into the report. Okay. Uh, I saw this movie at Sundance. So it's (laughs) about. Reed's been waiting for the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. Been about 10 months that I've been telling people this. This one's going to be good. Uh, Remy and I really liked it. Uh, what was your sort of initial reaction to the report? Well, I just, I went, I, um, halfway into it, I was mad, but by the end I was like, okay, it came around for me. It's not a good, it's not a good film, but I think it's a important film that everyone should watch. Wait, mad about the the actual movie or like frustrated with the process he had to go through. Oh no. I mean, that's awful. Of course I'm a liberal, I'm a liberal American who believes in uh, equal rights for everyone and we shouldn't torture people. Yeah. We're, we're very pro anti torture. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, No, it's a very important story. That's why I think everyone, I truly think everyone should watch it. Every American should watch it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a good film. It just, the, but the dialogue is full of exposition. 
just so full of it. Just everything they say, they, they even repeat themselves. You say the same thing multiple times. Like, well, one exposition is good. You have to do it twice. I, mean, I think just trying to get the points across, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Also, I mean, I thought, I thought the, I thought the actress who played Senator Feinstein was so good. I loved Sa- her. Sally Field. Yeah. Is that her? I don't know. Is that her? I'm actually surprised it's her. I didn't look it up. I think it's a famous actress. Now I can't. It's like we do a movie podcast here. <laughs> well, minor <laughs> character, whatever. Yeah. No, she was very good. But I feel like he. I mean, Adam Driver is just never going to be my favorite. But I think he was trying to really channel the person. I mean, he met with and worked with the actual writer of the report. Okay. Maybe, maybe that guy's so earnest. I don't know. Um, I think the thing that was maybe the most jarring for me in the movie was the really hard cuts into the scenes of torture where like it gets really bright. It gets loud. You're seeing what actually happens. Like as they're kind of discovering it and just those, those really harsh cuts back and forth. Uh, were you, just really you didn't dis- like disruptive. That? Yeah, I was, it's very jarring, and I guess... I read something after I watched it that said it's one of the only times you see actually see Americans doing torture on in an American film, which is interesting, right? Like, we Hollywood thinks it's taboo to show that, or um, it's just rarely done. Yeah. They, they are, they're pretty horrible scenes, yeah. Well, it's like, it would be so awful to have to be like that for 24 hours. Just blaring music and bright lights. Yeah, it would be. It's a terrible. It's a terrible way to treat people. Yeah, yeah. And and that guy was. I mean, the guy is. Uh, he was a taxi driver. Mistaken identity. They knew after twenty four hours that it wasn't. Um, Ghoul Ahmed or I can't remember. Ghoul something. Um, they knew that he wasn't him, but they still sent him along to their black site prison in Afghanistan, and then. 17 years later, he's still in Guantanamo Bay. It's just, I read about that too afterwards. He's still, he's still detained, but he was tortured. It's just, that's so infuriating that that could happen, obviously. Yeah. uh, Let's, I I think we both agree. Torture's bad. Let's not talk about that part of it. Let's talk more of the filmmaking. I think we can steer the conversation that way. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, but my point is the, the biggest value this film has is that it gets you outraged about the torture. You shouldn't see it because it's a great film. Okay. But go ahead. We can talk about the film. Well, I don't know. Do you, I mean, how do you think a filmmaker can make an investigative report writing interesting where it really is just reviewing documents and like, what do you think they did in this movie to, to engage with the audience? Well, you have to just trust your audience more that you don't have to spell everything out. They don't trust the audience, I think. So what does that mean? It means hinting at things, not saying it truly saying it two or three times. Sometimes like, um, you know, he, he outs that he, um, gives the Senator Udall the report that he shouldn't have had. And then we just see every step of the process. You can cut out some of the steps. You, you know, you can have him, uh, you can cut from him in the Senator's office before he's even offered it and cut to the law firm. Uh, conference room where he's saying you're you shouldn't have done that or you know you don't have to actually show 
Uh, that's uh, that's an example off the top of my head. I could do better, or maybe you could think that's an actually important detail. But you get that's the point. That's the you, style. You they, they could clean it up and not have it be so 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 iterative or so so much of the process. Yeah, you can elide some things. Also, I think we've talked about this before, but why do you need that scene at the beginning when he's in the lawyer's conference room? Just chop that off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, opening scenes that like try to draw you in and build the tension i'm just like i want this to happen in the course of the narrative i'm already seeing this movie yeah you got me for two hours but but raise the stakes from the character's perspective having some flash forward at the beginning means that you can be lazy with having the character feel like the stakes are high right away you need to have you need to be telling a story where the character feels like the stakes are high right away and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess how recent of an event do you think it makes sense to put into a movie? I mean, do you think how close we are to when this happened affects how they're telling the story or, or maybe just outside of the context of this movie? Like what timeline, how much time should there be between an event and a movie being made about it? Well, the movie is always a response to the current time in which it's made. I mean, this movie is totally directed at Trump. Yeah. So how much time should there be? Well, it, it, if you feel like some event in history has resonance now, that's when you get, that's when you get people to fund it. And that's when you get artists who are motivated to make it. I mean, so do you think in I don't know, four years ago in the Obama presidency, this movie would have looked totally different. I just think they would have, um, yeah, I do. I guess I could. I mean, part of this movie's point definitely is that Obama didn't do enough, or was very. He dragged his feet for sure, and so maybe you make it four years ago, as a as a counterpoint to that dragging of his feet, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, do you think the the way that they tell the story it it's supposed to leave people like with a good feeling uh, because he doesn't leak the report he follows the right channels and a portion of it finally gets out but i don't think this movie or sorry i'm just gonna say i don't think this movie really is that that much of a feel-good movie i don't know do you think that was their goal or it's very it's a yeah it's just i mean i left feeling kind of sick about how political everything is and how you know the trade-offs that john ham's character is making seem totally fine to him It's just, it's politics is such a weird world once you really get into it. Because, yes, this, yes, X is true. However, that doesn't matter. The thing that matters is can we get Y or Z done politically? Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to, we're going to talk about it later, but I drew a lot of parallels between this movie and uh, Dark Waters. So listen to that podcast too. Yeah. Or see that movie in the future. I mean, these are dark. I think these are dark times for our country. People, at least the artist class, it feels that way. And I think that's reflected in Dark Waters and and in this movie. Right. It just, it feels very, I don't know, kind of lacks any hope or, or just this. I don't know. We're highlighting these people who are fighting almost impossible battles. And maybe that's what we need to do is celebrate the, the people who will do that. Yeah. I mean, you see direct echoes of this in the, civil servants, this foreign service officers who testify in the Trump hearings. Yeah. I mean, it's modeling behavior that the artists want to see more of. Well, and I, and I haven't seen this movie, but like the, 
the Death Row film coming up, Just Mercy, I think is going to have a similar tone to this one. Pessimistic? Don't spoil it, Reed. Don't I haven't seen it. Spoil it. it. Does, if he, does he die at the end? He better not. I have no idea. I also I have know. no idea. Don't tell me. But think about it. It's a biographical film about recent history and showing the corruption of the government system. All I'm saying is that movie is going to be optimistic if he doesn't get executed, and it's going to be pessimistic if he does. Well, even if he doesn't get executed, he lost years of his life. Well, that's true. Any other likes or dislikes for the report? Well, I just thought how they portrayed the two contractors was good. Those guys were so evil. Oh, yes. I think they it's like the excess and the amount of money they were making and just like totally not founded in science. And they actually know it doesn't work, but they well, still and, were using it. And they had never interrogated anyone in their lives. I mean, that that blows that blew my mind. That was very that's sort of when I started getting into the movie more. I thought those scenes with them were more interesting and more um, revelatory, more filmic. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't reveal the truth of what happened by them telling me. They re- it revealed it by their behavior. You could see how sort of corrupt and gross they were. Exactly. Okay, Ty, what would you rate the report out of five? I'm giving it a four. You should see it. I, I am also going to give it a four. So. Yeah, I like this movie. Nice. Good, well done. Uh, do we agree. <laughs> uh, do you have something else to recommend for the listeners? Man, I'm... do you watch The Crown? I tried. I got about three episodes in to the third season. I didn't watch the second season. I can't do it. I tried to. I watched two episodes of the third season. It is so boring. We're just not a pro-royal podcast. Yeah, this is we're definitely a Republican podcast in that sense. Well, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the monarch sense. We're yeah, we're we're pro pro republic. We're yeah. We're po we're uh we don't we can't speak English. <laughs> we're po po boys. Don't, don't put that on me. I live in California. I can't be known as a Republican. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Democracy. Pro-democracy? Or is yeah. Republic different than democracy? I don't know. Now I'm confused. Ugh, where's our poli-sci friend when we need him? Seriously? I never I never took a class. Okay, so not the crown. I think we'll wrap I'm it up just, there. I'm just saying my recommendation is watch the crown if you like to see a woman very slowly say, Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Uh, I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. And if you want to help me sweep up the pine needles at my house on the floor, come over. Bye. Bye. Bye.